What's going on today? Thanks for stopping by. This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. If you need your home spray foamed, be sure to check out msfi.ca today. Drew and the crew are waiting to hear from you. By Highland Custom Builders, your vision built custom. By Kyle Outridge Productions, if you need custom graphic work, merchandise, or anything for your big event, be sure to check out Kyle Outridge Productions today. Find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, they're there for you for your custom graphic work. And lastly, we're brought to you by Manscaped. Be sure to check out the gold standard in men's grooming by heading over to manscaped.com. Find what you need. Be sure to check out the Lawn Mower 3.0. And when you get ready to check out, use the offside code OFFSIDE20 to get yourself 20% off on your purchase. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go. Are you ready to go offside? Because it's Offside Hockey Talk with your host, James Roberts. Always fun to do a show with a fellow Leafs fan sitting down today with Abby the Tweet. Check her out on Twitter and Instagram. Published author. Look at the book for short stories pinned to her profile. Be sure to support it. It's there. You can get the paperback for 20 or the ebook for 5 Also, she writes for DeanBlundell.com. Welcome to the show, the uber-talented Abby the Tweet. I'm very honored to be sitting down with her to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And her opinion about the return to play, we all got one. And she's got one that uh, may not sit well with some people. But hey, this is the reason why we do a podcast. So Abby, I want to thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so obviously, um, jump right into her. What do you think of the uh, the return to play? I want to hear about it. I want to know your opinion. I've read them, but I want to hear it straight from uh, straight from Abby. So, yeah, I, I just think that it's really foolish to be trying to put together the end of the season um, in the middle of a pandemic. I just feel like we don't actually yet have an end game in sight for the pandemic. So all of these like best laid plans are so dependent on so many unknown factors that it just feels really reckless and totally based in money for me, which isn't a factor that drives me to do things so that's probably my bias being that I just think like why are we doing this why are we not just trying to focus on you know moving on to the next season but money talks well I look at it like this and and the model that I've used before with other people is the UFC so you use the UFC Mm -hmm. and they have a TV deal and they have to get a certain amount of I guess events in to be able to get their money from ESPN and Fox So Mm -hmm. I think the NHL may be in the same boat where they need to be able to fulfill their broadcast schedule to be able to keep that. And also for a lot of people, and this is completely money driven for my first part, and this isn't my argument, this is just what I've heard, the TV deal in the States is up and obviously they want to make sure that they have this season completed and have everything in place for the next season Um, So they want no hiccups. They want to make sure the cup is awarded. They want a free agent frenzy. They want everything to be there for the next TV deal. And they want to show that they can be able to do it even during a pandemic, which I agree with you. Being in operation during a pandemic for money is foolish, absolutely foolish. But if I have to look at it from one aspect, I'd say that the NHL has the best return to play model and setup. It's basically the Cadillac of any of the other leagues, the way they're doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope that it has 
um, positive impacts. I'm just worried. Like, you know, there's so many stories about different players testing positive for COVID. Um, and these are probably asymptomatic, um, asymptomatic positives. So it just, it just seems like it's being forced, which obviously it is being forced, right? Oh yeah. It's being jammed on our throats, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. So it's it just sort of like, and I mean, I love hockey and I love watching hockey and I will probably end up trying to watch the special playoffs or whatever you want to refer to them. The COVID cup. Well. Yeah. Like I'll probably try and watch it until, you know, there's just, maybe nothing worth watching left about it. I don't know. Like I'll give it a shot and see if it's like worthwhile or if I'm enjoying it. I mean, I think it's a little strange the way that they're like, yeah, so the losing teams in the qualifying round will be in the lottery for the first round pick. And it just, so it, it just sort of seems altogether really, um, I don't know. Well, you, well, you, Sam Cosentino's way of saying it. He, he just played the circus music when they asked him about it. It's, it's basically what it is. It's this is entertainment based. You couldn't ask for a better thing to happen, and maybe it was rigged that way for the first overall pick to be a playing team. So you add that intrigue, you draw that along until these teams are eliminated. So you have more people talking about it. Maybe that's why it was done that way. And there's a lot of people with their tinfoil hats and pitchforks saying, you know, it was rigged to go that way because they needed this to happen for an entertainment standpoint. But I I agree with you that um, Mm -hmm. I don't like the fact that the play-in teams, I think they should have just been seated as they were eliminated and only the teams Mm -hmm. that didn't qualify get to go. But... I mean, I don't know. I guess you had to make everybody happy. You listen to Elliot Friedman, and he said that his initial suggestion and thought was, and he was shut down by a lot of GMs, was only the seven teams that didn't qualify should get it. And there was a lot of people saying, well, no, you know, if we get in and we're in this playing thing and, you know, we weren't meant to be there and we lose, well, we should have the opportunity. And, well, now, lo and behold, you see where everything is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, for me, it's a whole lot to do with money, and that just sort of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, personally. It definitely is to do with money, and there's still more to be figured out money-wise. Obviously, um, you know, this is an eyeball sport, so you need people to be in the stands paying, and they're not going to have that. So my thoughts were, and I I talked to, to Paul Brahmi from Sportsnet, you know, and I said, you know, is there some sort of virtual ticket that fans are going to be buying to be able to cheer? You know, is that one way the NHL is going to make more revenue off of this where you pay two ninety nine a game and you get to be in a queue with everybody else who's cheering for the Maple Leafs. And when a goal happens, you know, they blast yeah. it through the arena or a big hit. And, you know, there's someone there basically controlling that audio panel that just when the spike comes, you, you hit it on and the arena fills up with sound as if people were there. I, I don't know if you can do that or the latency would be too much, but you know the NHL is looking at that. And again, it goes back to money, but that may give a little bit of a fun aspect to fans, almost feeling like they're kind of involved and kind of there. Um, But other than that, I mean, if you watch a game, it's completely quiet. If they're not piping in music or anything, how weird is that going to be? Oh yeah. It's going to be like really bizarre and it's 
bizarre to like that's a bizarre concept to charge like three dollars for people to be able to like add their voice to like piped in crowd noise like we're talking basically like a laugh track in an old tv show basically well (laughs) the reason why i suggested that to to have people pay for it is just you see some of these zoom calls and stuff like that with the idiots that jump on and are saying hurtful things or stupid things right you wouldn't want to have it wide open where everybody can join in and the next thing you know, you got some Yahoo you know, yelling inappropriate things during a broadcast or ruining it for everyone else. So it doesn't have to be two ninety nine, but that was the, just the number that came to mind. But you know, just something to pay to to weed out those kind of people. I mean, I think that some people would pay three bucks to be a troll. Why not? <laughs> Honestly, that's this true. Is the world that's we true. live in. Sadly, you're right. I've been to my fair share of hockey games where um, I went to a hockey game once that it was. Here in Vancouver, it was Canucks, or it was Leafs at Canucks, and that was definitely one of the least fun experiences I had at a game, just because I'm in, in, in enemy territory, right, in a town that like loves to hate on the Leafs, and I'm stuck sitting in front of this guy who just got very drunk and was like like screaming. He's like Reimer. This was back in the day when like James Reimer was our goalie, right? So, yeah. Oh, he's just like screaming it, and I'm just listening to this guy for three whole periods, just like scream Reimer, and I'm like, oh, fun. So I decided that day that it's better if I'm seeing a live hockey game to be in the arena for the home team. No, it definitely would be. And I mean, you talk about being in enemy territory. I mean, if you're not in Toronto watching a Leaf game, it doesn't matter where they play, you're in enemy territory. Because <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem like Toronto's liked anywhere else. So that would be yeah. an absolute crappy experience, though, to sit with some, sit near someone like that. I mean, I've gone to games in, in Boston in different spots, and the fans jeer you, but mostly they leave you alone. But drunk mm-hmm. idiots like that, I wish there was a removal button that you could hit and just eject them out of the stadium. Yeah. You know, I mean, he stayed seated, so I guess he wasn't being that disruptive. He was just right in my ear, and he was mispronouncing the last name on purpose. (laughs) Oh, yeah, just a jeer. He knew you were there. He knew it. He knew it. So, Well, I mean, I I didn't wear um, my Leafs jersey. I actually, so I'm, I'm obviously, like, I'm a huge Leafs fan, but I'm also not one of those fans who like goes to an enemy arena all decked out and like my Leafs gear. I just don't want some drunk to think that, Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dump the rest of my swill of like this nasty overpriced dirty tap beer from, from the arena. I'm going to just dump it on that sweater. So yeah, you don't want people to take liberties on you. I get that. (laughs) So I, I, if I am watching the Leafs in an enemy arena, I, don't actually wear my jersey which some fans would think is just sacrilege but no not really it is. <laughs> uh, i don't think i'd wear a leafs jersey going to a philly flyers game knowing how philly <laughs> fans get so there's some spots where i'd be like no no i'm good i'll, I'll wear a polo and uh you know just a pair of khaki shorts or something but that's about it mm-hmm. yeah i'll be one i'll be a respectful leaf fan i'll be like the opposite of what you think leafs fans are so that you know See, the only problem I would have is when they scored, I'm that guy that would just jump up like a you know a cork coming out of a champagne bottle. You know, I'd be all over it. So it would quickly be knowing what team I'm rooting for, but I might oh, not have sure. anything to ruin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, for sure you want to, like, cheer for your team and stuff, but, I mean, I 
do try and do it just a little bit respectively because I'm not really into the flame wars. Like I'll tease friends and stuff like that who are fans of like, you know, the Sens or whatever, uh, Boston. I don't tease Habs fans. I don't have anything against the Habs actually, which I know for most Leafs fans is bizarre. But <laughs> well, no, there's nothing. You know what? I'm the same way. I, I don't like playing them. You know, I know there's a rivalry there, but you know, I, I'm mostly respectful. I mean, I, if it comes down to you know having a Canadian team in the playoffs, obviously if Montreal's there, I won't watch or support, but you know, I won't mind that they win. You know, but you know some of those Montreal fans just grinded India, so that kind of takes it away from me sometimes. Yeah, like I mean, I so for me with like I lived in Ottawa for two years um, back when I was twenty to twenty two, and the thing that I sort of discovered while living there is that there's so much more um, space, like rental space in Sunsense Heads in general for Leafs hatred than love of their own team. <laughs> well, like the Leafs take up so much rent in the heads of Suns fans that you just hear more anti-Leafs than you hear positive Suns. Well, it's the early 2000 playoff matchups that did that. You yeah. know, they, they'd beat us pillar to post every single regular season, and then postseason would come along and we'd walk them. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think that had a whole lot to do with it, and... Sens fans, uh, they're they're a rare breed. Even when you're uh, even when you're chirping them just a little bit, they go full on nuts and just yeah. just bring it. And I mean, for me, I do a little bit of something different. Obviously, I do a prediction season video before each and every Leaf game, so I'm always mm-hmm. jabbing different fan bases and getting it back, which is fine. I mean, if you're watching the video, I'm happy about that, so no problem. And uh, yeah. I'll thank you for watching, but some of the reactions you get is just absolutely insane. You could see what fan bases take it as fun and have fun with it, and what ones just want to pull the knives out and just come after you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. There's, and especially, like, if it's coming from a Leafs fan, they oh, yeah. get extra, a little extra. The, the, the instant jabs come out, oh, nothing since 67. Nothing since 67. <laughs> All right, yeah. Good one. Come up with a new joke. Uh, all I keep telling people, is, all I keep telling people is, when you sit outside, I said the sky is blue, the clouds are white, even God is a Leaf fan. So bring it. <laughs> you know that uh, usually shuts a lot of people up because it's like, oh yeah, okay, fine. I you like know. that one. Yeah, no, I've used, my grandfather taught me that one, so I, I keep that one in the back pocket. Yeah, that one's good. So obviously, awesome. obviously, I got your your thoughts on you know the return to play. You know, money based, money driven. But let's talk about what's going to happen on the ice. The Leafs play Columbus. Um, you have a healthy squad minus Andreas Janssen. Um, you have the uber talented young. Are you going to let um, Matthews play? Because oh. of course he was outed as COVID positive, right? So. Well, I mean he's quarantined, right? He's done. He was asymptomatic. If you watch his videos now, he's out rollerblading and sketching on the back of cars and having all yeah. good good times. I mean, as long as he comes in and he's he has no symptoms and you know he. he doesn't pop positive it's the same thing right i mean a lot of athletes have been asymptomatic and then they've gone and quarantined and come back so i mean uh-huh. he's he's well within the well past the two-week period now and like i said there's videos of him on instagram done up like an 80s rollerblade guy you know just jazzing around with his non-mustache all of a sudden and just having fun with it so i think he's gonna be fine i think you're gonna see that with a lot of these guys look at st louis 
They just had five people test positive because the bunch of jackasses decided to go to a bar. And, you know, why, why are you going to a bar? The same thing, you look at the Vancouver Canucks, I think it was Vertanen, or either yeah. Vertanen or Horvat, ended up at um, Legends, I think it was. And, mm-hmm. you know, why are you going to a bar when you're supposed to be getting ready to be, you know, with your teammates and on the ice and, you know, getting past this and... Now you're going to a bar where it has a lot of common surfaces. Obviously, when people get to drinking, you don't respect the social distancing as much. Obviously, old Uh habits come back to you. You know, why are you going to these places that are going to lead to problems? I don't understand that one. I don't. No, I know. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, people are making all kinds of choices just because they've been locked in their houses basically for so long so they're making all kinds of choices that are really um bonehead (laughs) yeah they're boneheaded they're not ideal they're basically like um everyone's sort of desperate to get back out but that you know that that's you look at the states i mean that's absolutely no excuse i mean they opened way too soon and everybody's talking about oh i need to get my hair done my nails done i need to feel normal you know, mm-hmm. go to Walmart, buy a pair of uh, nail clippers, and, you know, get your significant other to, to cut some of your hair off, or someone you live with, or whatever, who's ever in your bubble. You know, have a little mm-hmm. fun with it. Be creative. It's quarantine. Everybody should be, you know, wanting to do those things. But, again, you talk about money-driven. The United States is right there for that. So, I'm very happy the two hub cities are in Canada. I'm very happy that we're seeming to be able to uh, stomp the curve down and keep the cases low, especially here in the Maritimes where we're really lucky. And I think we've handled it really well out here. Obviously, low cases again, uh, Nova Scotia is back to zero. But you you look at it and I don't know, you, you got to be able to be smart about this. And you think that if teams are bringing players in, maybe they get something set up. You know, maybe it's not a not a bar that you would go to but maybe it's one they just get done at some sort of team facility where they bring in a bartender or two and this is where the players can go and only they can go and put some music on drop some club lights whatever it is just to keep them safe because you know they're going to want to do it so give them a spot to do it that's sequestered that's that's away from everyone and that's safe but while you have everybody in gen pop right now and the regular population i mean it's not good. Yeah, don't and, hockey players like to go to bars because they get treated like kings when they go? Well, you, that's just it. You watch the you watch the video with Vertanen, and they're bringing in a you know a lighted up what gray goose you know with all the bottles mm-hmm. with the sparklers in it. So, I mean, you can do that through a team facility, but I mean, come on. I know you've yeah. been jonesing to do some things, but if you guys are that excited to get back on the ice, like it's being reported that. Very little to next to no NHL players are going to opt out when the opportunity arrives. I mean, yeah. well, then... have until, what, 5 o'clock today or whatever? 5 to, o'clock Eastern or something like that? To opt to out? Opt out? No, yeah. no, no, the deal has to be ratified first. So the deal okay. hasn't been approved by the NHL PA yet. It's been approved by the PA and the NHL. It hasn't been ratified by the players. So they have to have the vote. So once the vote comes back... Then it gets the rubber stamp. The Board of Governors for the NHL, as of this moment, I don't know, I haven't been online all day, but as of this moment, the uh, Board of Governors for the NHL, the owners, haven't done it yet either. So once there's a rubber stamp from both of them, that sets the clock in motion. They have three days after the end of ratification to be able to opt out. And there's only a couple players right now that come to mind. Max Domi of the Canadians, where he has diabetes type 1. 
Um, and then Anton Strallman, where he has severe asthma for the Tampa Bay Lightning, he may opt out as well. Um, but you may see some players, and a player for the Maple Leafs I may see opt out is John Tavares. Uh, obviously just had a brand new baby. Um, may not want to uh, to run the risk of either him getting sick or him contracting it, and if they go deep, passing it on to someone, or you know any of those situations... And there may be players who are taking care of elderly parents or other loved ones that have uh, compromised immune systems. So those may be the ones you see. But right now, the only two that I see jump off the page right now that I know of is Strawman and Domi. So who knows? But th- that those three days are going to be very, uh, very interesting because you look at the NBA, the um, MLB, and the NFL, and there's already players opting out. And big names, too, like David Price is out. Um, and you know, so it's not just uh, the common talent, it's the big names that are coming out too. Well, I mean, if you're a baseball player too, and you're like those non capped contracts, like yeah. you're gonna get paid anyway if you opt out, so why the heck not? I'll make a hundred million dollars to sit on my couch this summer, why not? That's just it. Well, I look at it like this too for the Maple Leafs. I mean, uh, a good thing that was said by Anthony Stewart on uh, Hockey Central at noon was uh. How good is the motivator cuff going to be for the the Maple Leafs? All these young guns just got their big, huge signing bonuses on July 1st paid out to them. So their pockets are very heavy, very ready to go. What's the motivation going to be for these guys to to play? You know what I mean? Obviously, hockey players are driven, but when you got money, sometimes, you know, it it goes to the back of your mind, especially with nice weather hitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what is it like? What is it that every fan of every other team always says that? You know, this time of year, the Leafs are used to golfing, so... Yeah, it's going to be so weird sitting out on a deck and having a nice cold beverage and watching the Maple Leafs on TV with the sun out and yeah. not having to shovel something. It's going to be pretty weird. Yeah, it's like when we're when you're watching, what is it, the World Cup that they'll put on, which is always, like, late summer and stuff. And just it, It's hockey, but it doesn't feel the same. No, it does Well, it just feels like, you know, the end of the, 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 end of the year is here. That's basically the way I look at it. Once that comes on, you know everything's wrapping up, the draft's coming, and then it's going to be summer, and you'll talk about hockey in September when everything gets back to normal. But it looks like the new normal for the next couple of years is going to be this because they're talking full 82-game schedule for next year, which bleeds you right back into the summer. Well, yeah, but and I mean, it would be, what, an 82-game season starting in January, right? Yep. So, so I don't know how you condense it. I think they need to go to a 42-game schedule for next season and just get everything back to normal beyond that. Right. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you, obviously we, we talked about the off ice issues and you know, the money driven and the return to play. And I want to know though, for you, obviously Leafs are going up against Columbus. Do you give them a fighting chance? Do you think this is their time to go deep? Obviously it's the most leafiest way possible to get to a Stanley cup during a pandemic, you know, no fans, no parade if they win, but you know, it's 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 exactly the way the Leafs would draw it up if they had to. You know, everything going wrong, but hey, the Leafs won. So, but uh, what what do you think against Columbus? Do you see them faring well against a Columbus team that's going to be fully healed, but is really gelling together? Um. Yeah. I mean, this season was a disaster from about late October on, in my opinion. <laughs> And, like, for the Leafs, I mean to say, um, just nothing seemed to be working. And all of these, like, wins that they had with these signing, with the signing of all these young guns and everything seemed negated by 
the fact that they just weren't gelling on the ice. Things weren't working for them. There was still all of these missing pieces. And they've had a bunch of time off, and I've seen that they've been playing, like, a lot of Fortnite drinking wine and stuff like that um, on their, like, social media feeds and everything. And I... I mean, I always believe that the Leafs have a fighting chance. I always do, right? That's every Leafs fan. You have every, to. <laughs> every, the start of every season, yeah, you're like, you know, you're already thinking about the possible parade route, whatever. But uh, quite often, disappointed, obviously, by the team, you know. So I think it'll go. I think it could go either way. Obviously, I'm going to be cheering for the Leafs, and I hope they do well, but... Um, I'm not really an expert prognosticator either. So, I mean, there could be things happening with Columbus that we don't know about that might impact their ability to actually take the series too. So I'll just watch and see. And and I'm usually better at having a guess after I've seen the two teams square off in like game one, game two. Well, I look at it like this. There's lots of intrigue. We were talking just a few moments ago before we went off on the tangent about play- players and bars. But you look at the Leafs, they're fully, fully healthy. You know, Sands and Andreas Janssen, um, Ilya Mikheyev's back. So I'm excited to see what he can do. He was on a bit of a tear before that gruesome, gruesome injury he took. Um, then you look at a guy like Nick Robertson, who's also going to be there. You know, uber-talented young guy that we drafted. Um, obviously, top of the second round. You see what he can do and what he can bring. Um, I'm excited to see him sprinkle in. I don't see him getting in the playing round, but he can probably slot into your second power play unit and probably slot into your even your second line if someone does get hurt or if McKayev doesn't work out. Is there a player that you're looking forward to seeing during this uh, COVID Cup, shall we call it? Um, so, obviously, all of them. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, obvious, but... I've always been a huge supporter of Freddie Anderson and when other people have been like, no, he's not that good and all this. And so, but then of course this last season I started seeing what these people were talking about with Freddie. I'm like, Oh, maybe he's not as like epically wonderful as I thought with all of his like amazing saves that'll come, but they come too few and far between, I guess. So uh, I'll be interested to see how he does for sure more than anyone else because I know that we just don't have our D lined up yet either so well I'm excited to see the D uh, and I'll say this before I touch on Freddie a healthy Morgan Riley obviously we know he was battling something all year long so to see him 100% it's going to be nice um, Jake mm-hmm. Muzzin back from the uh, the wrist injury it's going to be nice to see that um, yeah. you look at uh, Cody CC, who was out with an Achilles injury I do believe so it's nice to see him 100% there's a lot of people saying you know, even though he doesn't put up points and he does have some glaring holes, he was a stabilizer, and when he was in the lineup, obviously the shot suppression was a lot better, so maybe he can be that force in the playoffs. Maybe this gives him a little spur. Obviously, Tyson Berry's going to want to go out and do some magic because he wants people to think that he's that $8 million defenseman, and when free agency comes, he wants to cash in. So I'm hoping he decides to capture lightning in a bottle and just go crazy and score goals go bar down do the wheeling he used to do in Colorado and just wow us for the playoffs and make us beg for him to stay and then watch him walk away for an eight million dollar deal somewhere else and you know I look at those things (laughs) it sounds like the leaf thing right (laughs) everybody leaves but um those things there for the defense I mean obviously 
Health was a big factor this year, and if they can all gel together. So obviously, there's a, again, you'd have a perfect scenario, I guess. But you look at Freddie, and my one big worry about Freddie, it wasn't this year though. He had a good October, but usually for him historically, when he starts out, he starts out slow. And that makes me a little nervous. Obviously, when you only got a five-game series, you don't have a chance to get your feet wet for five games. you got to be ready to go and, and honed in. But the good thing about the Leafs, it seems like in the beginning of the season, they can score at will. So it, you know, when other teams are trying to find their game, they're able to just load up on goals. And it's been the past three seasons. You watch Austin Matthews or William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Zach Hyman, you name it. They're all putting the puck in the net. So... If they can follow the formula where Freddie is just okay and they're scoring, you know, seven goals to the other team's four, we might be able to get by uh, Columbus and maybe by the next round the uh, the defensive factor will be a little bit better. Right, yeah. I mean, you can only hope. And it, it, just because of this weird situation of what this playoff season will be, really anything could happen. You just We just don't know about, you know, whatever the other team is actually, you know, going through behind the scenes, right? That's just it. Well, I'm going to ask you one last question, Abby, before I let you go today. If I gave you $50 and told you to bet on the fact that the season is coming back, do you bet yes or do you bet no? Well, first thing I would do is take a portion of that money and I would buy my book on Amazon. (laughs) There you go. Plug away, plug away. Hey, um, yeah. So that's just—I mean, my pin tweet is the link to purchase more time, which is an independent anthology, uh, short stories by different writers, and you can buy it in ebook for five bucks or the paperback for twenty. And I've got a story in there. I'm really proud of it. It's my print publication debut. It has nothing to do with hockey, but then I would take the rest of it. And I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> we, we, no problem, hey. Make sure you get the plug-in. That's the most important part right there. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you take the rest of it, and would you bet on the fact that the season comes back or the season does not happen? And before you answer that question, everyone listening to this, make sure you go out and either buy the paperback copy for 20 or the ebook for 5 I will put the link up so you can make sure you get there and buy it. Do yourself a favor and make sure you buy this and get entertained. I'm shameless. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that the season. Okay, so I guess if today, I would say the season will come back. I don't know that it's a good idea. Still. Well, uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say okay. I agree with you that the season does come back. My two mm-hmm. caveats to that are: Does it complete? Do they finish it completely? Does it start to come back and then all of a sudden something happens? That's the big thought in my mind. And the second thought that happens is what if one team, one team that magically gets so far, all of a sudden goes and gets the positive tests and what do you do then? Do you wait? Do you prolong things? Do you hold everybody up and keep everybody from their families and, you know, hope that it gets better and that everybody can come back or... Do you shut it down? Those are the two things that I'm worried about. A, that, you know, something happens immediately and it all shuts down and goes away. Or you get so far into it and all of a sudden one of the key teams has to drop out and what do you do? 
Yeah, but I mean, honestly, like there are so many unknowns, which is why I think this it is a really foolish kind of endeavor to be doing this, just because we don't know yet. I mean, even if you look back a hundred years to um, the Spanish flu epidemic, right? Um, that went on for two years. And it kept coming back because people kept going outside. They kept taking it not seriously enough. And at that point, I mean, it's in the history books. The Stanley Cup final was canceled because the entire Montreal Canadiens team got Spanish flu. Well, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. I think so. That happens often. Listen, so we can hope for the best, but... don't sway me to your dark side if this is a bad idea. I want to be happy. Hey. I want some pot. Yeah. This is the, the, I want some, this is the right here. This is the thing 2020 needs to, to come back on a good foot. Right now we need some sports to come back and just get everybody excited. Just to give a little positive, shed a little light. I mean, everybody's taken a teeth kicking this year. It's been a very hard year all around from every aspect. It's been, you know... The joke goes on, and I don't call—I shouldn't call it a joke—but you look at the month, the month breakdown this year. There has been something major every year, and I don't know if it was yeah. you who tweeted it out, but about July to just sit down and be quiet, you know. Yeah, and, that one wasn't. But well, you know, I, it sounded like something you would tweet. I just remember seeing it, <laughs> and it was every month, and then a person was just pointing at July, like you sit down and be quiet. Yeah, exactly. That's Don't what give we July need. any ideas, people. No, no, that's <laughs> it. We've had enough. Well, Abby, I want to thank you very much for taking the time, jumping on. I know you've been uh, very busy. I've seen you uh, obviously working with Chris Mancuso and the Tarps Off crew and obviously over in Dean Blundell. So I want to thank you very much for taking the time today. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. And what? go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. When the season gets rolling and the Leafs get going on, you get excited, we'll have you back on. Right on. <laughs> All right, so as you heard, that was Abby. Check her out on Twitter at Abby the Tweet. Make sure you check out her book. It'll be in the link for this show. Be sure to pick up a copy of that. Support good writing and good artists. All right, guys, thank you very much for tuning into another Offside Hockey Talk. You stay classy, and we'll get back at you with another episode soon.